My Journey with Cancer. I've discovered a golden truth that from the start I was in your heart. Revelation that changed my world that from round one I am God's son. To be sure in my mind just who I am brings such peace, such joy In my heart, in my soul, this means everything I'm a man on a mission, I'm God's envoy For now I cancer sufferer. I'm a human being with cancer. It's my belief that God has called me to be frank and open about my cancer and my journey, whether it be long or short, to tell the world what it's like to have cancer and to walk that journey and to share with anyone who will listen what God can do so that you can see what cancer treatment is like. For many of us it's a mystery and it's a frightening thing but it isn't, it doesn't have to be and if you listen to my journey it might give you hope in yours. Pops, yeah we'd love to come on the journey with you. Amen. John, for anybody listening to this who may fear that they may have some bad news coming up for them how long was it between this fearing and then knowing? It's two weeks to your first consultation. Guaranteed to be seen within two weeks. That's just your first consultation. Then you're examined, obviously, with prostate cancer, it's the cystoscopy, but with other cancers, it may be other examinations, MRIs and bone scans yeah. and things like yeah. that. But when they find out that you've got cancer, you then have to go through a process to prepare you for treatment. The earlier, the more likely you are to survive it. It's as simple as that. And I'd say to anybody who's listening who has any suspicion that they have cancer, Go and see your doctor and explain to them why you feel this, why you're afraid. You may have symptoms. You may have felt a lump if you're a lady. You may have a lump in your breast. Uh. If you're a man, you may be passing only very tiny amounts of blood at the beginning of going to the toilet. These are all indicators that something's wrong. You could ignore it and you'd have a little bit more cancer tomorrow. So the sooner you deal with it, the sooner you're going to get the treatment. You know, more than 50% of people survive cancer now. And you may be one of those. And the sooner you go, the more likely you are it's to be in that figure of more than 50% that survive it. And Pops, when you were first diagnosed and you began to tell people, I think there was an occasion where, in effect, you informed a number of people about your recent diagnosis, which led to one wife encouraging her husband to go and get himself checked out. He did indeed, yes. She was very insistent. And this is why we need to, in a sense, be vigilant. We can all ignore things. We can all pretend it can't be happening to me. And this particular man, very fit, a runner, 
takes part in many many races and compared to me he's uber fit and you would think you know he's not going to be a yep. candidate for anything like that and yet when we told this couple my story the wife turned to her husband and she said you are going to the doctors because that's exactly what's happening to you he obviously obeyed and went to the doctors and immediately they said to him you have cancer of the prostate the good thing was they had caught it very very early good so treatment was for him likely to be 100 percent successful well that's good when you have cancer it is a good thing to share to not be afraid to stand up and say i have cancer because simply by doing that you can save someone's life Pops, you brought a rucksack here. What have you got in your bag here? Come on, John. You're the uh, ex-customs officer. You can do a bag search. You find out for yourself. <laughs> well, that's a challenge. Anything to declare, sir? You're pointing me towards... Plastic bag. And it's got <laughs> underwear in it. Underwear? Yeah. Keep y- searching. Your underwear, presumably. <laughs> yes, it's clean. Don't worry. For the sake of the record, it sounds as if I'm doing the interrogation part of the, <laughs> yes. the case now. <laughs> the suspect has provided me with a grey-looking average size, average-looking rucksack, and inside as well as a plastic bag, which the suspect has identified as a pair of, well, I presume a pair of men's briefs or yes. boxer shorts or something. Yes, I do wear men's. Okay. <laughs> There's also a couple of blue A5-sized-looking pouches or bags, and I've actually taken out a pair of trousers. They look like they're men's trousers and i think there might be a diary in here oh yes i think that's it for the moment right what have we got here sir on the bench anything to declare (laughs) yes i'd like to declare that i'm incontinent whoa that was hard to say but it's true because of your condition because of the cancer yes the thing about cancer is it doesn't take prisoners you are always changed by cancer i think every cancer survivor would tell you that It always leaves the telltale mark behind. For me, it's left incontinence. It's not serious. When I arrived here today at Flame, John wanted to have a conversation. My first port of call was the toilet. I didn't have an option on that. I had to go. If I'd have stayed talking to John, I would have needed a change of clothing. So one of the side effects of having cancer is that you find it difficult to basically control your bodily fluids. Yes, with prostate cancer, one of the problems is that if you have radiotherapy or surgery, you can be left with incontinence. It doesn't happen to everybody. But for obvious reasons, because it's cancer of the bladder. The prostate sits just under your bladder, and when that is irradiated, it can thicken and harden, and so does your bladder. And that is the function of the radiation. It thickens and hardens the tissues as it destroys the cancer. It's unavoidable. So it now means that instead of expanding over time to what I would normally call a full bladder, my bladder doesn't expand, so it fills up quicker, and I get the urge to go to the toilet quicker. When I first had radiation therapy, just after it, I went through a period where I was incontinent at night. Not regularly, maybe once every couple of months I would wake up and find myself... You'd uh, wet wet. yourself. Yeah. My wife, with foresight, had bought two plastic covers for the bed, which was good because it meant I slept on top of one of those and so didn't even have to change the bed. We just had to put the new incontinence cover on. But then we decided we had a long conversation. Chris pointed out that many women after childbirth have to wear a pad for when they cough and things like that. (sighs) 
Why couldn't I? Yeah. So we came to a compromise. I tried a few of Chris's pads. They're not the right shape for men. And so we went out. I have to use a trade name. I'm sure there are other versions of pads around, but I used Tenor for men. And they are shaped ideally for men. There are different grades. I'm now able to walk about with an extra light pad on, which just takes care of the, if you like, the odd dribble. It means that I'm not embarrassed. It means that people don't know, except now half the world knows. (laughs) Um, But I don't care anymore because somewhere out there is a guy who is afraid to go outside. He's afraid to meet with people just because he's frightened that he's going to wet himself in public. Well, you can do something about it, and it is discreet and simple. Just like the ladies' adverts say, no one will know. I know from experience that um, the medium size of these will take a full bladder, and you won't even feel damp. So why not go out and do something for yourself to give you pride, to give you dignity back? And um, it allows you to live a full life. I've travelled two and a quarter hours over from Doncaster to uh, to Merseyside. Merseyside, yeah. I have been okay to do that because I knew I had basically protection. I carry spare pads and trousers just in case something catastrophic happens. In a rucksack like this one here. Yeah, and I take it to work. I told everyone at work what I had and why I had it. They were a bit um, surprised, but um, because I was upfront about it, there was no teasing, there was no joking or anything. I just said, this is what I've got in the new bag, and it's in case I'm incontinent. And they all sort of said, oh, okay. And it's never been mentioned since. So come on, let's get real. Especially the men with prostate cancer or even enlarged prostate, benign enlarged prostate. Start and look after yourself. You don't have to be the smelly old man in the corner. You can still dress smartly. You can still look well. And nobody has to know that you have a problem. And pops. I think the big lesson is that with certain types of cancer, like prostate cancer, incontinence will well be a reality. If you have that condition, don't feel ashamed, just for your own sake, just whether it's incontinence pads or whatever, do whatever needs to be done for your own sake, for your own dignity, That's your own right. peace yes. of mind. Yes, that's exactly right. It's for my dignity that I wear these, not for anybody else's. And it's for my dignity so that I can work, I can earn my own living. You know, I'm not going to be a victim to cancer. It's not going to be the biggest thing in my life. And so everything I can do that makes my life more livable, I will do it. You know, if if you have trouble with your eyesight, like I do, you wear glasses. If you have trouble with your hearing, you wear a hearing aid. Pardon? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Corny jokes. They lighten the mood, and I love them. Well, sometimes you have to. (laughs) These are serious subjects. They are. When this first happened, I had some retention a while back and uh, they catheterised me and um, I was prayed for at my church and by friends and um, the retention disappeared. Now, I like to claim a miracle on that. Others might say, well, it was just a coincidence. But isn't it good how coincidences keep happening? Yeah, Every time we pray with each other. Yeah, funny. Um, so that I didn't need a catheter, so they took it out after two weeks. That made the incontinence much worse. And um, that made me go for the overkill of carrying trousers and everything with me. And I'm probably getting back to the point where I don't need to carry them. But I think I will do for a few more months just to make sure everything's okay. But I'll get to the point where the only thing I need to wear is an extra light pad and nobody will ever know. And there'll never be a moment where I'm embarrassed by myself. Good, good. And that's a great thing. We're going to listen to some music now. 
and the track I've picked for this week is Bring the Rain by Mercy Me. I can count a million times People asking me how I can praise you With all that I've gone through The question just amazes me Can circumstances possibly change Who I forever am in you You've been listening to my journey through cancer. So I'd like to invite you to join me next week at the same place on the dial at the same time and walk a while with me. And I personally trust it will be a long, long series because I want to be round for a long time. If you've found what you've heard today helpful, if it's brought up issues in your life, then why not phone in to the Flame Studios? If you want to talk to me in particular, then Flame will pass your contact details on to me and I will be happy to talk to you as soon as I can. Jesus, this means everything to me In you I have my true identity Jesus, this means everything to me In you I have my true 